What's going on, guys? This is Gary. Hope everybody's doing well. Today is the 30th of July, so we have one day left in the month, and then we get into August, and we know that August is the month that the Premier League is back. So um, I actually woke up both yesterday and this morning uh, with a little bit of butterflies in my stomach. I'm, I'm excited. I'm a little anxious. Um, I'm ready to get this season going. And of course, as we get nearer and nearer to the August 9th deadline uh, for the first game of the season in game week one, um, of course, there's the added pressure of trying to perfect, to put together the perfect 15-man squad. Um, so, you know, good luck with that, right? Um, but anyway, so I thought what I'd do today is go through um, team by team, and if we have time, we'll do position by position, of some of the players that are catching my eye and Josh's eye, um, and some players that we may have on our team as well going into this season, um, especially the first few game weeks, and then we'll also talk about uh, potential transfers that we'll make a little further into the season as certain teams uh, fixtures sort of uh, take a turn for the more favorable. So first, if you haven't checked us out on Instagram, please do. The handle is at Let's Talk Soccer. Simple enough. And if you haven't also, give us a follow. Uh, we're very, very close to 27,000, which is pretty amazing. And it's all thanks to you guys. Um, keep up the DMs. We're getting to them. We've literally this summer had thousands and thousands of DMs, which um, is fantastic. But at the same time, um, it's challenging and a little frustrating because we're not able to get back to everyone nearly as quickly as uh, we pride ourselves in doing. So it's been frustrating for both of us. Um, and just to add a little context to that, it is just Josh and me replying to all these, doing all the postings. We are the admins, the owners, the CEOs, uh, the creative directors, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're it for Let's Talk Soccer. So just father and son. Uh, Josh is a full-time student and athlete. I uh, am his, uh, his uh, manager, I guess you would say, but not really. I'm just his dad. Uh, but take him to all of his football matches and practices and workouts and all that stuff. But also, I have a full-time job, too. So, um, you know, wish we got paid for Let's Talk Soccer and I could uh, retire early and do nothing but that, but unfortunately I can't, and that's why it takes us a while to get back to you guys. But long way of saying, give us a follow, um, and we'll we'll do our very best to get back to you as quickly as we can um, with any questions or ideas that you might have and stuff like that. First up, though, let's take a look. Here's sort of, um, and we've been posting these from time to time, and hopefully they're helpful. But here's sort of what our team looks like right now. Um, if we were to start at this very minute, um, here's what we look like. All right, in goal, we've got Matty Ryan. Four at the back, we've got Robertson, Van Dyke, Coleman, and Zinchenko. Keep going back and forth between Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. If you look at last season, Robertson actually had more points than Alexander-Arnold, and I think that's the main reason why. He seems a little less rotation-proof. Now, this is a different season and Alexander-Arnold has more than proven himself, and maybe he is rotated a little less, but um, it seems like Klopp has a little bit of an answer at that right-back position 
for Alexander Arnold, whereas um, he doesn't as much at the at the left back um, for Robertson. I think that's why Robertson um, plays a little bit more. But that's our um, our back again. It's Robertson, Van Dyke, Coleman, and Zinchenko. Yes, we know Zinchenko may not start, but for right now he's in there. Um, you'll hear me say this a few times in this podcast. The Community Shield will be very telling. Uh, we'll get a really really good sense of. Uh, who's Pep, who Pep's uh, favorite starting 11 is. So keep a very close watch on that. If Zinchenko gets the start and plays the majority of the game, I think uh, we'll feel pretty secure in keeping him in our squad. <clears throat> uh, in the middle, we've got four players in midfield. Sterling, Iosi, Salah, who's also our captain at the moment, and Fraser. Um, I do really like that midfield. Um, and then up top, we've got Vardy and Barnes. And Barnes is, I think, a bit of a secret weapon. Um, I've seen some really good in-depth analysis of him on Twitter uh, by a couple accounts. If you don't follow um, FPL accounts in the FPL community on Twitter, you should. There's a lot of great information on there. And a lot of really, really good people, too. Um, a very, very welcoming um, supportive group of folks. Can't say enough good things about them. And then our bench, it's pretty much everybody else's bench. Button, Dendonker, Greenwood, and Kelly. Okay, so now let's go back to looking team by team, and we'll kind of talk about what players catch our eye and why. Leno in goal, I don't think so. Um that Arsenal defense has a lot left to prove itself. And for $5 million, I think you can get someone better like a Fabianski or even go a little lower with a Matty Ryan um, and, uh, and save that extra 0.5. So let's see. Matty Ryan had 104 points last season. Leno had 106. So, you know, if – the trend continues into this season. Uh, you're getting a lot more value out of Ryan than you would out of Leno anyway. Uh, defensively, I honestly don't know that I would go grab anyone. I suppose um, Kolasinac, the, the hero of the day, the one that saved Ozil and himself from being attacked by a couple of knife-wielding uh, muggers. Uh, amazing you know, uh, video of him uh, defending the two uh, him and his teammate uh, against these guys that were trying to, to rob them. And, uh, you know, maybe he's better left being a, a bouncer or a bodyguard um, than a defender. Um, I say that half jokingly, but I don't know that I would trust in the Arsenal defense yet. Um, midfield. Interesting that it uh, looks like Nicolas Pepe um, coming over from the French League. Uh, 22 goals and 11 assists last season. Uh, looks like he's going to have his medical there in London and actually maybe having it at the time I'm recording this. So that's an interesting one, you know, and you'll hear me say this a few times too. The only caveat to a player like him is he's unproven in the Premier League. Uh, the French League is very, very different than the Premier League, and Premier League is different than any other league in the world in that um, – even the dominant teams don't dominate as much as they do in other leagues. Barcelona, Real Madrid, 
uh, Juventus, Bayern Munich, PSG, those teams sort of just run the table, it seems, in most cases. Whereas in the Premier League, um, you know, it comes down to a race like it did last season in most cases. So keep an eye on Pepe. Um, but for the existing Arsenal midfielders, I don't know. Uh, Ceballos is kind of interesting at 5.5 million, but again, untested in the Premier League. I think Mkhitaryan could be a good get if he gets the minutes um, and can just keep himself injury-free, but I don't know that I would gamble on that yet. Ozil dropped a bunch. I think at one point he was like 10.5 million, maybe even a season ago, um, or 10, somewhere around there, and he's at just 7.5 now. A lot of potential in that guy, but just can't seem to get it going, uh, so I would stay away. Forward-wise, Lacazette is a really good value, and he's had a really good preseason, but the, at the, after the last game, or actually in the last game, he had to leave early um, and come off the pitch, and he was uh, there were photos of him sitting on the sideline uh, while the game was still going on with a walking boot on, so not sure what the extent of his injuries are, but... Um, something to keep an eye on if you are thinking about getting Lacazette. <clears throat> Aubameyang also having a great preseason at 11 million, so definitely in the premium forward category. Um, I believe was the leading goal scorer among, or sorry, leading well, goal scorer and uh, FPL points getter among um, all forwards last season. So it looks like he's continuing that in the preseason. Although you'll also hear me say this. This is the third thing you'll hear me say a few times in this podcast is that it's the preseason. Um, Teams are not at full capacity. Players are not playing at 100%. Uh, You're playing against teams, uh, maybe playing against their B squads, their bench players, maybe playing against teams in lower leagues or in um, in lesser leagues. So, you know, don't get too excited on preseason performance because um, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. Uh, and then Ketia is a popular bench player at $4.5 million. He has had a really nice preseason as well, but I just don't see him getting a whole lot of playing time unless Lacazette is injured more than we know. All right, Austin Villa, newly promoted club. Don't know that I would take a whole lot of punts on these guys, except maybe Jack Grelish uh, in the midfield and maybe have someone on for um, as a 4.5 million uh, defender that you can rotate or 4 million. Um, Actually, all of their defenders are at 4.5. So um, none of them exude a lot of confidence uh, in terms of going into my team. I think... uh, Gilbert is a somewhat popular bench fodder player, um, and he's had a pretty good preseason. So of the bunch, he might be at uh, Matty Target, of course, um, came over from Southampton, and he's part of the Austin Villa defense too, so that could be another one. In the midfield, we mentioned Jack Hurain. Um, has had a pretty good preseason. El Ghazi and McGinn also are interesting. Jota, uh, the Austin Villa version of Jota, has also had a really good um, preseason. And then, of course, there's Trezeguet, who is newly acquired, all untested in the Premier League. 
I recommend, uh, unless you want to uh, take a bit of a risk, I recommend staying away until you see more with these guys. And then up front, um, no one really floats my boat there. All right, so that's Villa. Bournemouth. Maybe Begovic in goal, but remains to be seen if he's going to be the number one or not. If he and Eddie Howe are getting on, then possibly. Um, I do like Bego. Um, he's actually uh, communicated with us a little bit on Let's Talk Soccer uh, on our Instagram page and also liked some of our posts. So uh, we do have a soft spot for Bego. Okay. Um, defensively, Nathan Ake is popping up in a decent amount of drafts, which at $5 million I think is not a bad get. He had 120 points last season. Um, Bournemouth have a tasty-looking group of fixtures. Uh, weeks 1 through 10, uh, it's all 2s and 3s in the FDR scale, except there's, there's just two fours. There's Man City at home, and there's Arsenal away in weeks 3 and 8 respectively. Otherwise, um, not too bad looking for Bournemouth if they can get it together. I don't know defensively if, you know, you want a Bournemouth player or not, but I think Ake, if you're going to get someone, is probably the one to go. Um, Francis, was it Francis? One of their defenders has newly announced injury. Could be Adam Smith. Um, so there may be some shuffles there, and perhaps one of their uh, £4 million defenders uh, gets the nod while his mates are out and injured, and that may be a good bench player. So keep an eye on those Bournemouth, those cheap Bournemouth defenders as potential bench fodder. In the midfield, Ryan Fraser, of course, is the man. He is in our squad currently. Um Hard to pass him up. He's involved in just about every goal that team scores. I think David Brooks at 6.5 million. So Fraser 7.5, Brooks at 6.5 gives another good option. If you can't afford uh, Fraser, I think Brooks is is the way to go um, because of their fixtures. And we know what Brooks is capable of doing, and of course what Fraser is capable of doing. I do think having a Bournemouth attacker uh, in your squad is not. A terrible idea. And then, of course, up top, Callum Wilson um, should be the target, but at $8 million, that's a little bit expensive for some. Um, and Josh King at 6.5 isn't a bad option because uh, he's on pens. But uh, wouldn't surprise me if that changes and Wilson is on pens. But as of right now, it's King. And actually, this reminds me uh, something else that I wanted to bring up is this concept of going big at the back. So investing uh, a majority of your 100 million pound budget into your defense. So you're getting nothing but, you know, 5.5 million up to 7 million pound defenders. And, you know, all five in the back are premium guys. You've got a couple from, uh, from Liverpool. You might have one or two from Man City. You've got Digne in there, uh, maybe Juan Basaka or someone along those lines. But that gets pricey, um, and I, I personally don't like that strategy because the rest of your team suffers. Um, 
if you think of it this way, with defenders, primarily you're hoping for clean sheet points, which is great, but that's dependent on much more than just that player. That's dependent on basically the entire team to help defend at certain points, um, and it's beyond an individual player's control, um, which then means that you're also hoping for attacking points, and while some defenders uh, are pretty good at at getting those points, it's not a consistent thing. Um, so I just think, you know, and if, you're, if your attack is going to suffer as a result of that, you're really, really banking on these defenders to bang in some goals and, and feed some assists. So not necessarily my style. I, like most things in life and business and stock market and everywhere, I think balance and a little diversification uh, helps you cover your bases a little bit more. So that's my own take on that. All right, moving on to Brighton, Matty Ryan is a popular target at 4.5, um, and his uh, number two button there on the bench. That way, just if for some reason there's a goalkeeper rotation, it's actually a nice little setup. Button's only $4 million. You've got Matty Ryan there, and you're sort of covered uh, on both ends as far as your goalkeepers go. In the back, <clears throat> um, Duffy and Dunk are far and away uh, the best players to have uh, in your squad defensively. And I think, you know, as maybe a fourth or fifth defender, neither of them is a bad option. Bournemouth's fixtures look pretty nice, uh, especially the first three. Um, away at Watford, home to West Ham, and home to Southampton. Uh, but then they go away to Man City. So uh, keep an eye on these FDRs. We will repost uh, the one for the first five weeks of the season so that you can see that because that should go into your planning, both, you know, looking at maybe the first three to five game weeks and getting your team set for that. And then also starting to get a sense of when you either want to rotate players in your squad, uh, you know, bench players and starting 11 players or start to make some transfers. Um, but I think Duffy is rumored to be going to Leicester City. Right. If Harry Maguire leaves, then I think Duffy is going to go there. So uh, that could make the appeal of Duffy even that much more going to Leicester City. In the midfield, you know, a lot of people are on the Pascal Gross bandwagon, and I think he's a phenomenal player. Two seasons ago, almost now, um, was kind of his breakout season when Brighton came back up, and he just hasn't been healthy last season. So if he can be healthy then I think there's a lot of potential, and at $6.5 million, I think there's a lot of good options at $6.5 million um, this season. So it actually makes it a little bit more difficult than if there weren't. But that's it as far as um, midfielders. I believe Trossard might be an interesting one, but remains to be seen. Up top, I don't know that I have a whole lot of confidence in any of the three strikers, Murray, Locadia, or Andone. Uh, just because I think that they'll be rotated. Um, if not, you know, I think Locadia is going to come on more than he did last season. I believe that, that he's had a pretty good preseason so far this summer. Um, he was utilized somewhat uh, towards the end of the season and actually did fairly well. So if at 5.5 5, uh, 5 million he becomes your third striker, 
might not be a bad strategy, but um, I think you've got some time to figure that one out as this you know, first few weeks of the season pass. Burnley, uh, a lot of people favoring Nick Pope, although he hasn't been officially named as the number one yet. So little bit of caution there with him. You know, if you're going with a, a goalkeeper rotation strategy of, uh, you know, two 4.5 million goalkeepers, that's fine if you want Pope. Uh, to be one of them, just make sure you've got someone like a Matty Ryan in there that you're almost assured is a nailed-on starter just in case. Um, but, you know, you've got Hart, Heaton, and Pope. I would think that Heaton and Pope would challenge the most for that starting goalkeeper spot, but who knows yet. If, uh, let's just say, for argument's sake, Pope is named as the number one, the first 14 games of the season, actually, not too shabby, other than week two, which is away at Arsenal. Week four is home to Liverpool, and week 10 is home to Chelsea. Otherwise, a lot of green, a lot of twos in those FDR slots, uh, which could make Pope or Heaton, whichever it is, uh, a very uh, tasty target, especially if you're going to rotate in those three weeks that I just mentioned that are the more difficult fixtures defensively maybe Tarkowski but I don't know I'm not real big on the Burnley defense myself in the midfield we've got Goodmanson of course who is on set pieces Um, Westwood has had a pretty good preseason and at 5.5 million may not be a horrible target at all especially if you're looking for differentials Um, and then up top you've got Wood and Barnes, Barnes, as we mentioned on our team, both of them at 6.5 million. And again, with, um, with the fixtures they have coming, you know, having a Burnley, uh, attacker isn't the craziest of strategies. All right. Moving from Burnley on to Chelsea, uh, Kepa in goal. I could go with that at 5.5. If he is your set and forget goalkeeper, you don't need Another 4.5, you don't need to be spending, uh, what is that, $10 million on two goalkeepers, I don't think. That's a tenth of your budget if you look at it that way. Um, so Kepa, as a set and forget, not a bad strategy. I think he's going to settle in even more uh, now that he probably has a manager that he likes better. Other than Man U away in game week one, the Chelsea uh, set of fixtures looks good all the way through week 15, quite honestly. There's a couple little road bumps in there, Liverpool in week six at home, and then Man City away in week 13. But otherwise, um, you know, Kepa, if you're looking for a way into um, that Chelsea defense without paying six or 6.5 million for one of their main defenders, that could be the way to go. Uh, speaking of defenders, you've got David Luiz, Marcus Alonso, who I think um, if preseason is at all an indicator, uh, could have a resurgence under Lampard um, and Espilicueta, I think, are all good options. Zuma comes to the team, and at $5 million, if he becomes a nailed-on starter, then I think he is worth um, a really close look at getting. So keep an eye on him. In the midfield, um, of course, Hazard is gone. Kennedy at 5.5 million, but, you know, I don't know, maybe on the bench. Uh, a lot of exciting young players 
on Chelsea. Uh, Hudson Adoy, when he gets healthy again, lost his cheek. When he's healthy, uh, you've got Polisic, you've got Mount. Um, that that Chelsea midfield is actually pretty going to be pretty ridiculous if if these guys can sort of pull it together. Um, and look for look for them this season. And, and you know, if I'm a Chelsea supporter. Um, which I'm not, but if I was, I'd be excited about the future of that team. But um, I think when Hudson-Odoi comes back, he is certainly one to look at. But, you know, with, with a new manager and Frank Lampard um, and some moving pieces, just hard to say who is nailed on as a full-time starter. Personally, as an American, I would love Christian Pulisic in my squad, but I need to see more from him. So I'm going to be patient and wait a little bit. But Mason Mount, um, who's been having a heck of a preseason for Chelsea um, at $6 million, is also a very appealing asset. Uh, and then up top, you've got Giroud, Batshuayi, and Abraham all at $7 million, and I don't know. Um, I don't know if Lampard is going to name one of them as his starting striker or if he's going to rotate and you know for the first nine or ten games of the season and kind of see what's what. So... I would wait and see unless Frank comes out and says Abraham or Batshuayi or Giroud um, is my number one. But if and when he does, at $7 million, as a second striker, I think that's a hell of a get. Crystal Palace, uh, Guaita, I don't think I would get, especially at $5 million. I think Fabianski is a better option. I don't love, other than the first two game weeks, I don't love Crystal Palace's uh, fixtures at the beginning of the season. Van Anholt, however, you know, so Juan Basak is gone, so their defense certainly weakens a bit. But Van Anholt, you know, going back to talking about uh, defenders who can also give some attacking returns, PVA is one of them. But I, I really don't advise um, a Crystal Palace defender yet. Although with Kelly... Um, at $4 million, as I mentioned, he's on a lot of our benches. And with Wambasaka gone, Kelly does play in that right-back spot. Um, and also, from what I've heard, can play uh, as a center-back, too. So he may be an interesting one to have, not as a starter necessarily. But if he uh, does become a starter and starts to prove himself, he could be this season's Juan Basaka or Matt Doherty or whomever you want to choose is sort of a, a you know, a, a cheap priced player, but uh, delivers a lot of value to his owners. In the midfield, Milivojevic, of course, on set pieces and pens. Uh, Zaha, if he's still there at $7 million. Milivojevic is also $7 million. Those are the two players that I would stick with um, if I was going to choose a Crystal Palace midfielder. Zaha going to Arsenal or Everton depending on which news report you read. Um, I think either one is, a, is an upgrade. Sorry, Crystal Palace fans. Um, but that makes him more appealing, I do believe. Uh, and then forwards-wise, I wouldn't advise any Crystal Palace forwards. Moving on to Everton then. The aforementioned Everton. Uh, Pickford and goal, I think, is uh, an appealing option. You look at Everton's fixtures in their first 14 weeks. There's only two uh, dim spots, Man City in week seven at home and then Spurs at home in week 11. Otherwise, um, you know, we saw how well Everton did in the last stretch of the season last year. 
Um, Pickford had quite a number of clean sheets, so I think he's worth it. Digne, of course, is the most popular defender choice there at $6 million. He does provide attacking options as well. I think he's a great player to get for your team. Um, if you can't afford him, then at $5.5 million, I think Coleman, as we have him in our squad, is the next best thing. In the midfield, um, you got Sigerson, Richarlison, maybe Zaha coming in. Um, if I'm going to go with any of them, I'm going to go with Siggy because of his um, set piece and penalty um, duties. And then up top, looks like Tosin uh, is a player that's being offered up in order, as, and I believe there's one other player that are going to be offered in addition to some cash um, to Crystal Palace in order to get Zaha, which would then leave Calvert-Lewin alone up top unless they put Zaha or Richarlison at striker. So that could make Calvert-Lewin, if he's a nailed-on starter, at $6 million, a really um, tempting asset. Leicester City... Let's see, I believe that their fixtures are looking pretty nice. No, actually not. Um, their fixtures start to lighten up around week nine. So again, as you're sort of formulating strategies, maybe make a note to yourself um, to grab yourself um, someone like a Schmeichel at $5 million or um, if Maguire's still around or something like that um, a little further into the season. Or maybe when you wild card is when you start to grab some Leicester City uh, defenders and I include the goalkeeper in that um, category. In the midfield, of course, um, you almost have too many good choices. You've got Iozzi, you've got Madison, and you've got uh, Tielemans. All are great players. I believe that Brendan Rodgers has been playing sort of a 4-4-2 diamond in his last game or two um, with Iozzi up top neck beside Vardy. If that's the case, I think Iodi, Iodi. Iosi is a super appealing option. Uh, we've got him in our squad right now. And so um, I would possibly stick with him. And I believe in that 442 diamond, Madison sits right underneath um, the two strikers. And then up top, it's all about Jamie Vardy at $9 million. He is in our squad, and I think he is set to have himself a really good season. Liverpool, we know the players we want here. Um, if you're going to go set and forget goalkeeper, Allison is not a bad way to go at all. Um, as is Ederson, I believe those are the two set and forget goalkeepers I would recommend. Defensively, we talked a little bit about the debate between Robertson and Alexander Arnold. Can't go wrong with either. They're both the same price, so it's more sort of personal preference, I think, at that point, and what you think, uh, who's going to deliver the most value this season. Uh, and then I think Van Dyke at $6.5 million is great. He is not. Uh, the type of attacker, you know, uh, playing as a center back as the right and left backs are in Robertson and TAA. But um, he had just five less FPL points last season than Robertson did. Um, and what is that? 23 more than Alexander Arnold had. So, um, you know, people look to, you know, these uh, left and right backs as the guys that are going to get the attacking returns. But uh, Van Dyke just did just fine um, from his center back position. Now, that fourth defensive position, that that center back spot that's going to play next to Van Dyke, is interesting because no one's been nailed on there yet. So is it going to be Matip, Lovren, 
Uh, will Joe Gomez go in there? What are they going to do there? Because at 5.5 million, all three of them are, that makes for an appealing option. In the midfield, of course, Mosala is the, the main target at 12.5 million, and he would be a captain option throughout the season. Uh, Mane coming back um, from the African Cup of Nations, uh, maybe a bit tired, but 11.5 million if you can't squeeze in Salah. Uh, Mane is, of course, the one that you want. I'm actually surprised there's there's only 36% ownership in Salah. I'm surprised um, that there's not more. Otherwise, I wouldn't choose any uh, midfielders from uh, Liverpool personally. And then I don't know that I would go for Firmino, quite honestly, until I see a little bit. He didn't have the best end of the season. I think he might be a little tired from playing the summer. So I would just sort of watch him wait on him. I haven't seen him in a lot of drafts at all, maybe just a couple. Um, Origi, of course, at $5.5 million, If somehow he manages to get a lot of starts for Klopp, then he's super appealing. We know what he what value he can deliver the team because of what he did in the Champions League for the club. Um, and then Brewster, uh, the youngster at $4.5 million, could be sort of similar to Mason Greenwood from Man U, uh, could be an interesting bench player, and he's actually had a really good preseason. Moving on to Man City, Ederson, like Allison, a set and forget. Uh, defensively, uh, I think Laporte is the main target at 6.5. If not, then Walker at 6 million. Uh, right now, there is no right back to challenge Walker for that starting spot, so if you're afraid of Pep's rotation and Walker um, isn't a bad option because there's no one really there to replace him. Um, you know, in terms of sort of nailed on starters in order, it's Ederson, Laporte, and Walker. Um, that left back position is interesting. If it's Zinchenko, like we mentioned, then at 5.5 million, he's a real bargain. Um, although there's also Angelino uh, at 5 million, so Community Shield will be important to watch and see what Pep is going to do with that left-back spot. In the midfield, this one's all about Sterling, although um, Kevin De Bruyne is back and he's fit and he's having a hell of a preseason, looking good, syncing up a lot with Sterling. So if you can't get Sterling in at $12 million, uh, De Bruyne is the next best thing at $9.5 million. And I'm still a big Bernardo Silva fan at $8 million. So make sure you get yourself some Man City assets. And then, of course, there's Aguero at uh, $12 million. And a lot of folks think that he will be rotated with Jesus more and more this season. Um, everybody said that about him last season, too, and look at the season that he had. So um, the hard part this season is budget is a real thing. It is challenging as hell. And to go with a premium striker like Aguero means that you're going to sacrifice somewhere else in your club. So it's all about doing the math. Are these 11 players versus these other 11 players versus any other drafts of 11 players that you've done, who's going to present me with the best opportunity on aggregate to bring in the most points? That's what it's all about. So you got to figure that out. Manchester United, De Gea, possibly in there as set and forget, but I'd want to watch and see a little bit how um, you know OGS in his first full season is going to run this club. Uh, Juan Basaka. Of course, new and playing in that right-back spot has had a really good preseason. Um, don't know that I would invest 
just yet in him. Uh, and then the rest defensively, Wambasak is the best bet. He's at 5.5. Um, anyone else is either on his team is either at that same price level or below. So go with Wambasaka if you're going to get um, a Man U defender. In the midfield, Pogba is around. Um, didn't love the way he played, you know, the last, say, eight weeks or so of the season. So not really on my radar. Um, and we'll see if he's really off to Real Madrid or not. Martial at 7.5 presents um, good value there if he's nailed on. And then, of course, um, James at $6 million, and he's been getting quite a few starts out on that right wing. Um, he's one to keep an eye on, too. But yet, again, unproven in the prem. Let's see how he does first. Rashford up top is going to be all alone. Lukaku sounds like he's off to Italy. He hasn't been with the team in a little while. We'll see if Manu bring anybody else in. I would think that they would. Uh, with the money that they're going to get for Rashford, but we shall see. Uh, and then Mason Greenwood, very similar to Brewster in that um, he's only 4.5 million. He's had a heck of a uh, of a preseason, and he can come in and get the job done. He's just not going to be a regular starter, it doesn't seem. Um, but as a bench player, he's a good one to have. That's Man U. Newcastle, I'm honestly not even going to talk about Newcastle other than to say stay away from them right now until you see. If there's a standout player or a couple players, and by all means, after a few weeks and you're sold on them, go ahead and get them. Um, but Almiron is the only really shining spot for that team right now, and he's all alone. They lost Iosi, they lost Rondon, they lost their manager, uh, Rafa Benitez. So um, I think poor Almiron was sold a bill of goods, um, and it's not what it seems. And not that anybody deceivingly did anything, but um, teams change, and for him, all of the best things about the team he was on changed sort of all at once. Norwich, newly promoted club. Um, Tim Krul does have some experience there, so we'll see if he gets the start there in goal. At $4.5 million, could be a good backup. Uh, for your bench. Defensively, I would stay away until I see more. In the midfield, uh, their most expensive, uh, Vranic at $6.5 million. Uh, I think he's he's done well for them in the past. Buendia is another uh, potential option there, but I would want to wait and see. And then, of course, Puki at $6.5 million up top for them is the man for their club, led uh, the championship in goal scoring last season. Um, if you're going to take a punt on a newly promoted player, he is not a bad one. Him or Grelish are the ones that I would go with personally. Sheffield, the third of the three newly promoted teams. I would stay away from goalkeepers. Um, for now, uh, defensively, Lundstrom has had a good preseason. So at $4 million, he may be a good uh, bench player, and hopefully you get some starts out of him. In the midfield, uh, Ollie Norwood uh, and Freeman have done quite well in the preseason. Norwood is $5 million and Freeman's 5.5. And then up top, uh, McGoldrick or Sharp. McGoldrick's 5.5. Sharp is 6 as a third striker, possibly one of those two, but I would want to 
wait and see if it were me. Southampton, I would stay away from goalkeepers for now. Um, let's see what their fixtures look like. Fixtures-wise, no. Uh, first 11 games, 13 games, not so appealing. So I wouldn't really recommend any of their defenders at the moment, maybe later in the season. Uh, Redmond in the midfield at 6.5. Later in the season, yes. Same for Ward-Prowse at 6 uh, million, but not right now. Um, and then there's Danny Ings up top, but not right now. So Southampton right now is a no, but a little further in the season is a yes. Spurs, Lloris and goals is set and forget. Yes, um, I am okay with that, although their first four game weeks, not so favorable. They got Austinville at home, which is great in week one, but then they go to Man City. Uh, they're back home to Newcastle, so heavy up on players playing Newcastle this season. Uh, but then in week four, they're away to Arsenal. So just be aware of that. Defensively, with Trippier gone, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to play in that right-back slot because if it's anyone like Walker-Peters or Aurier, they're both at $5 million and could be great values if one of them is nailed on and um, Pochettino doesn't rotate. I'm a little concerned about that. In the midfield, of course, Erickson at $9 million. It's a lot of money to pay. He may also, he's rumored to be on his way to Real Madrid, but we'll see. Sun is suspended. He's 9.5, suspended for the first few game weeks, which is fine because of the fixtures I just mentioned. But uh, when he comes back, uh, could be part of uh, your wild card squad, which then, because Sun is suspended, Lucas Mora at 7.5 becomes a really appealing player option there. And then, of course, there's Deli Alley at 8.5, um, who I think people tend to forget about for whatever reason. So of the um, of the midfielders, I think Mora right now at 7.5 is the best bet because assuming that you're going to try to get Sterling and or uh, Salah in your team, I think Erickson is a little too pricey at $9 million. And then Harry Kane, don't want to hear about the August hoodoo. Um, and, you know, uh, the trouble that he has in August. He broke that last season, and I'm really not – I don't believe in all that sort of stuff. So if you want Kane, go get him. And, in fact, he may be a differential the first few weeks of the season. So go ahead and get him. Watford, um, no on Foster and goal. I don't like the idea of that, especially at $5 million, especially considering that their first six game weeks look like crap. Which means then no to Holobos um, or any of his uh, mates back there on the defense in the midfield. I would just stay away, honestly, from Watford players. I know Delafeu has been sort of a popular uh, second or third striker, um, or some cases first striker at 6.5 million, but he's a no for me. I just don't get a good feeling on Delafeu. West Ham Fabianski, yes, at 5 million. Um, even as a set-and-forget, yes, he plays for West Ham, but he is a saves magnet, and he gets a lot of bonus points for those saves. In fact, I think he averaged uh, at least one bonus point uh, per game throughout the entire season. So I think he is a good get at $5 million. Defensively, no, probably not, unless you're looking for maybe a bench player, maybe a fourth defender 
just to get in there in like uh, Diop or Valbuena. But otherwise, I would say stay away. Um, Felipe Anderson and Antonio, both at $7 million in the midfield. Yeah, I'm okay with either of them. Uh, I think Felipe Anderson, um, because they're both the same price, is a better option um, because I think he can bring in more points. Um, although Noble at $5 million as sort of a uh, potential bench, sometimes fourth or fifth, if you, depending on what shape you're playing um, for the game week, uh, wouldn't be a horrible option. And then up top, um, Holler has come in. He's at 7.5. We know Arnautovic has gone off to China where he's going to make some money. Um, but I would wait to see what Holler is going to be like and how they're going to run uh, that, that front line at West Ham. And then lastly, we've got Wolves. Um, hmm. Rui Patricio, I would say no. Um, didn't love him in goal last season. And given the first, say, eight game weeks for Wolves, um, I wouldn't recommend any Wolves defenders or goalkeepers until we get out of uh, week eight. And that includes Matt Doherty. At $6 million, he's not quite the appealing player that he was as cheap as he was. I think he started at 4.5 last season or something like that. So, um I would say no until he's even a little injured right now, but no until a few weeks into the season and then just kind of see how Wolves are performing. In the midfield, uh, like I mentioned, Den Donker is uh, at 4.5, is uh, on a lot of benches, and he's actually been playing and playing pretty well this preseason, so uh, could be some value in there. And then there's the debate of Jimenez versus Jota. Jimenez 7.5, Jota at 6.5. Jota having a, a great uh, preseason, a great summer. Now, Jimenez did uh, playing in the Gold Cup for Mexico, um, and he's looked good too. So let's not say that uh, that he hasn't. He just hasn't played recently, whereas Jota has. Um, but we'll see. They're, I know they're targeting um, another striker there, so it'll be interesting to see if that striker is going to replace Jota, perhaps, or will be brought in and rotated. Um, depending on what happens there, uh, that certainly makes Jota less appealing if there's some level of rotation. Um, the last thing I'll say is uh, regarding wild cards. Um, have a sense of when you're going to use yours. I think a lot of folks are planning to, not a lot, but you know, I think a good strategy, I'll say, and one that, that I've seen quite a bit is um, after the first like five to eight game weeks, um, people are looking at using their wild cards because you've got a real sense of um, what your current players, how they're performing and how the season's going to go for them. And the same for um, the same for uh, players that you don't have yet in terms of what they're able to do. So it allows you to completely get your team reset and set back up um, for the rest of the first half of the season. So that's going to do it, guys. Kind of a longer one, but hopefully informative. Uh, We appreciate you guys more than we can ever say in words or in our posts. Thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend and definitely give us a follow on Instagram at Let's Talk Soccer. Also in our bio, and we've also posted a couple of times, join our FPL league. 
Uh, we had over 5,000 last year, and we're well on our way to beating that this year. So come join the fun. Until next time, guys, this is Gary saying peace and goodbye.